Well, why is this uh, doctrine important? Um, it is entitled here as the um, assurance of grace and salvation. Um, I think popularly, commonly, we often talk about being ass the assurance of salvation. Um, so I think it's a helpful title because um, the word grace qualifies what we're thinking about when we say, do you have assurance of salvation? Um, you know, it is, uh, are you assured within your heart, mind, and soul that God's favor, his grace in Christ rests on you? Um, and it would be a, a terrible, sad thing to not know that assurance. Evidently, it was necessary for this aspect of um, the doctrine of salvation and the doctrines of grace to be specifically delineated and isolated um, because there was pastorally need for that. As the Reformation continued from the 16th century into the 17th century in which this one was written, so we're about 75 years post, let's say, Calvin and, and Luther for sure, um, like 100 years almost after Luther's passing, um, that um, the original focus of the early ref reformers, that um, the question was centrally for Luther, particularly, how do I know I'm saved? How do I know that I am a child of God? And of course, Luther's answer is, by faith alone, in Christ alone, based on the promises of God alone. So very bold, very positive, very objective, uh, Christ-focused, uh, and not so much a concern about uh, subjective con uh, sentiments that we might have. And we do have them. Um, and I think it is legitimate that, so, that this topic then became an, I, a, a, a topic of concern that required a biblical response to it. But we should never forget that the Bible does not command us to have assurance of salvation. The Bible commands us to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and, and be saved through him and through his perfect uh, righteousness accomplished for us on the cross. So it's a biblical concern, assurance of faith, but um, we need to know that it uh, is uh, secondary to um, the doctrine of justification. Uh, and therefore... Um, Let's not lose sight of the fact that uh, when we think about our assurance of salvation, uh, from my perspective, uh, I would not have written uh, what it says in paragraph 3. This infallible assurance does not belong to the essence of faith. I believe it does. Uh, and Calvin believed that as well. Um, so I think it is in the Westminster Confession as a result of that uh, a progression of time in which pastors and theologians met the people of God in their churches and they said, yeah, uh, I know and understand that by faith alone I'm made right with God, but I'm just not sure that I am really and truly uh, God's child. And they needed help with that. So I appreciate their concern for it, but I see theologically that when Christ offers his justification, embedded in that is the assurance. Because the assurance is not rooted and anchored in my sentiment of it. The assurance 
is the certainty of God's promise to me, God's gospel promise to me. And however I feel about that is, is kind of another thing. Um, I'm not diminishing the importance of feelings. God made feelings, right? God made us to have hearts that respond to his spirit, that respond to his creation. And it wells up inside us to be emotional, to be filled with feelings of love and joy and so forth. Um, but um, there's, to me, just a word of caution that um, the concern with the doctrine of the assurance of faith uh, can easily um, kind of get off the track uh, so that it becomes a, sub um, a, um, a subjective, yeah, a subjective preoccupation with me and my sense of whether I'm saved or not. And I don't think that that is something that Calvin and the early reformers encouraged. So you can tell from my comments just now that I'm sort of uh, struggling with um, uh, yeah, these two uh, almost competing sentiments. Uh, I want to make sure that God's objective work in Christ is not compromised while also acknowledging the fact that there are brothers and sisters throughout the times who have struggled with, yes, I believe these things. I believe that Jesus died for my sins. I'm not so sure about whether I'm actually and forever his child. So um, how does the Westminster Confession respond um, to this topic? Well, um, it mentions that there are those who are hypocrites um, in the church and uh, other unregenerate men, people, uh, may vainly deceive themselves with false hopes and carnal assumptions of being in the favor of God and a state of salvation, which hope of theirs shall perish, etc., etc. We read it. Um, so that is, of course, a true acknowledgement that uh, if there are people who have a false sense of assurance, they should be shaken up. They should be put under a cold shower and uh, wake up here, folks, because you are having an imagined heaven in your hearts and minds, and it will be a rude awakening when Jesus says to you, who are you? I don't think I know you. So that needs to be addressed. Hypocrisy, um, unregenerate people who deceive themselves with false hopes. And, and of course, that you know, God is a judge, and let that be that way forever and always. Let's not any of us go into, oh, is he really saved? Is he not saved? We go, as Calvin said, by the rule of, lo uh, the rule of love. And so we, we hold one another to be followers of Christ, in Christ, on your profession. That's we, what we go by. And if your life illustrates the profession, that's what we go by. So we're not in the business of trying to figure out in subtle ways whether, yeah, um, and that's one of those um, unintended consequences, I think, of paying attention to this topic the way it was being done in the Puritan times. That you begin to think, oh, is that person truly regenerate? And that did emerge. It came up. It expressed itself in preaching in Reformed churches. Um, and so that was not intended by Calvin and Luther. It was probably also not intended by the Puritans who were... Yeah, just, um, I mean, th th there's no comparison. If you talk about soul doctors, um, read the Puritans. 
um, Perkins and, and Owen and, and uh, many others, Goodwin, um, Ames, William Ames. Uh, they were people who really understood uh, spiritual life uh, in those subtle ways and distinctions. Um, but uh, you lose uh, the forest for the trees. Uh, you lose that sense that, yeah, those are all pastorally uh, things to be aware of, that this person can be in that kind of category, maybe, of being a seeker. That person is a struggler. Um, that person is of another category, and you begin to categorize your audience as a preacher, um, that uh, you lose sight of Christ. Um, you know, if I struggle with my salvation, I don't need to be told by the preacher up front that I'm in one of that, uh, those categories that he seems to be able to distinguish among God's flock. I need to be told, put your trust in Christ and Him alone and believe that's all we're called to do, to believe, not to figure things out in such a subjective uh, manner. Um, so I'm thankful for the Puritans, but, um, and I have read them and I read them still, but I also have a word of caution that we need to not lose sight of the way in which the early reformers presented the claims of the gospel in that fairly straightforward and positive biblical manner um, so there is false assurance and that needs to be corrected um, and uh, what is our assurance based upon if we look at the second paragraph it is not based on my sentiment but on God's promise and so it's always we go back to the word what God says of me in Christ that matters and it matters alone um, do I have a sense of really a close walk with God? Do I have a sense of um, uh, the, the love of God and so forth? That uh, The beautiful words of Paul, that by the testimony of the Holy Spirit, which is a real testimony, it's not a, a sort of a platonic testimony, it's a real Holy Spirit presence testimony in my life that I'm a child of God. Um, but that that sentiment itself is based on God's promise on God's truth that is declared upon me in Christ Jesus, that when I'm repenting of my sins, I place my trust in my Savior, I am justified. And not just for today and not tomorrow, but justified forever. And that's the beautiful thing about the Reformed uh, presentation of the doctrines of sovereign grace. Um, the third paragraph, um, I uh, entitled it as called to be assured. Um, you know, there are words uh, that were not uh, quoted from the Bible, but uh, to make your election uh, sure uh, is one of the phrases that uh, come from the Apostle Paul. Um, the infallible assurance does not belong to the essence of faith, but that a true believer may wait long um, and with many difficulties before he partakes of it. Uh, being enabled by the Spirit to know the things that are freely given him. Uh, importantly, it mentions without extraordinary revelation. So don't be, and, and I, I, I would say in my Dutch Reformed background, there was that strain of preaching that, that came very close to this. You, know, you have to have, a, uh, you have, to have a, uh, an experience, they would say, an experience of conversion. And then you would have to be able to, 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 
to share that with your elder before to partake of communion. Because they were so concerned that people would presume upon grace that they would place judgment upon themselves by partaking of the elements wrongly. And so conversion takes the primary spot then of what should be the primary spot, faith and trust in Christ alone. So that tension was there um, in those circles where you almost look for an extraordinary, an additional manner by which God you know, tells you that saved. No, it should be enough that the God's word tells me I'm saved. The Holy Spirit tells me that I'm saved. That's the testimony of the Holy Spirit uh, in my life, which uh, aligns with God's word. Um, yeah, the beautiful uh, sentiments, uh, the beautiful expressions uh, that you find at the end of that paragraph. And therefore, it's the duty of everyone to give all diligence to make his calling and election sure that thereby his heart may be enlarged in peace and joy in the Holy Ghost, in love and thankfulness to God, strength and cheerfulness in the duties of obedience, the proper fruits of this assurance, so far as it is from inclining men to looseness. So assurance is a beautiful doctrine. It's a comforting doctrine. It's a necessary doctrine. And it is certainly not a doctrine that encourages spiritual indifference or looseness, as it says here. Uh, but instead, um, it encourages us to um, have a life in Christ. And that is certainly what people around us will see, will notice um, that the life of Christ is indeed in us. And then finally, um, that assurance tested. True believers may have the assurance of their salvation diverse ways shaken, diminished, intermitted. Uh, as by, and that can happen in various ways, caused by various um, things, uh, negligence in preserving of it, falling into some special sin, which then wounds the conscience and grieves the Holy Spirit who withdraws, as it were, from us, um, so that we lose that sense of being God's child, living in our hearts uh, until there's repentance and restoration, and then that's being restored. Um, so all these things can inter, inter, uh, interfere with our um, assurance that we are God's uh, ch children and that we are uh, in that state of grace uh, into which God has effectively called us through the gospel and through faith in him. By God's withdrawing the light of his countenance, uh, suffering even such as fear him to walk in darkness and have no light. Uh, but here it says then, never destitute of that seed of God, never utterly destitute of that seed of God and life of faith, that love of Christ and the brethren, that sincerity of heart, of duty. So you can walk away from the Lord. You can rebel against God. If you're a believer in Christ, uh, it will never be total, never be utterly beyond repair, beyond restoration. Uh, that seed of faith remains in that very rebellious person. Um, and that person should not presume upon that and say, okay. Uh, but if you're a true believer, then in God's providence, in God's time, there will come that conviction again. I am sinning against my Lord, my master who died for me, and I repent, Lord, of my sins and receive me uh, into fellowship with yourself once again. Um, that is the life of a person 
who celebrates assurance of salvation, acknowledging that it gets um, clouded over sometimes by sin, by circumstances, and so forth, but it's never utterly removed from us that we are God's children. Any comments or questions? Yes, Tim. brother 